Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 4. The Engine Burglar. Part 5. She picked up the brown paper parcel from among the coals and undid the string with hot red fingers that trembled. Her feet and legs felt the scorch of the engine fire, but her shoulders felt the wild, chill rush of the air. The engine lurched and shook and rattled, and as they shot under a bridge, the engine seemed to shout in her ears. The fireman shoveled on coals. Bobby unrolled the brown paper and disclosed the toy engine. I thought, she said wistfully, that perhaps you'd mend this for me, because you're an engineer, you know. The engine driver said he was blowed if he wasn't blessed. I'm blessed if I ain't blowed, remarked the fireman. But the engine driver took the little engine and looked at it, and the fireman ceased for an instant to shovel coal and looked too. It's like your precious cheek, said the engine driver. Whatever made you think we'd be bothering tinkering penny toys? I didn't mean it for precious cheek, said Bobby. Only everybody that has anything to do with railways is so kind and good, I didn't think you'd mind. You don't really, do you? she added for she had seen a not unkindly wink pass between the two. My trades of driving an engine, not mending her, especially such a hot size in engines as this here, said Bill. And now we are going to get you back to your sorrowing friends and relations and all be forgiven and forgotten. If you'll put me down the next time you stop, said Bobby firmly, though her heart beat fiercely against her arm as she clasped her hands, and lend me the money for a third-class ticket, I'll pay you back, honor bright. I'm not a confidence trick like in the newspapers, really I'm not. You're a little lady every inch, said Bill, relenting suddenly and completely. We'll see you gets home safe. And about this engine, Jim, ain't you got near a pal as can use a soldering iron? Seems to me that's about all the little bounder wants doing to it. That's what father said, Bobby explained eagerly. What's that for? She pointed to a little brass wheel that had turned as he spoke. That's the injector. In what? Injector to fill up the boiler. Oh said Bobby, mentally registering the fact to tell the others. That is interesting. This air's the automatic brake, Bill went on, flattered by her enthusiasm. You just move this air little handle. Do it with one finger, you can, and the train jolly soon stops. That's what they call the power of science in the newspapers. He showed her two little dials, like clock faces, and told her how one showed how much steam was going, and the other showed if the brake was working properly. By the time she had seen him shut off steam with a big shining steel handle, Bobby knew more about the inside working of an engine than she had ever thought there was to know, and Jim had promised that his second cousin's wife's brother should solder the toy engine, or Jim would know the reason why. Besides all the knowledge she had gained, Bobby felt that she and Bill and Jim were now friends for life, and that they had wholly and forever forgiven her for stumbling uninvited among the sacred coals of their tinder. At Stacklepool Junction, she parted from them with warm expressions of mutual regard. They handed her over to the guard of a returning train, a friend of theirs, and she had the joy of knowing what guards do in their secret fastnesses, and understood how, when you pull the communication cord in railway carriages, a wheel goes round under the guard's nose and a loud bell rings in his ears. She asked the guard why his van smelt so fishy, and learned that he had to carry a lot of fish every day, and that the wetness in the hollows of the corrugated floor had all drained out of boxes full of plaice and cod and mackerel and soles and smelts. Bobby got home in time for tea, and she felt as though her mind would burst, with all that had been put into it since she had parted from the others. 
how she blessed the nail that had torn her frock. "'Where have you been?' asked the others. "'To the station, of course,' said Roberta, but she would not tell a word of her adventures till the day appointed when she mysteriously led them to the station at the hour of the 319's transit, and proudly introduced them to her friends Bill and Jim. Jim's second cousin's wife's brother had not been unworthy of the sacred trust reposed in him. The toy engine was literally as good as new. "'Goodbye! Oh, goodbye!' said Bobby, just before the engine screamed its goodbye. "'I shall always, always love you, and Jim's second cousin's wife's brother as well.' And as the three children went home up the hill, Peter hugging the engine now quite its own self again, Bobby told with joyous leaps of the heart the story of how she had been an engine burglar. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.